Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Most people still think of Marilyn Rice Cub as the counterterrorism techie Chloe from Fox's hit series 24. But Rice Cub has a long and storied comedy resume, from Mr. Show and Larry Sanders in the 1990s, to a primetime sketch TV effort with Kelsey Grammer in the 2000s, to the new movie Night School, which opens this fall with Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, and many other comedians. I sat down with Rice Cub to talk about her own post-grad journey. So let's get to it! We're just uh, waiting for the for the rolling signal. <laughs> Marilyn Ricecomb, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So, would it be fair to say that Night School is your highest profile comedy project in a while? Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for uh, stop the presses, everybody. <laughs> Let's talk about that because people have been asking me about it. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a dream come true, and no, no one's ever said it the way you said it because I've been around for so long right. this is really the first time i've done and it's it's awesome something I mean, this high of a profile this right. big this broad this silly with such star power on yeah. all levels no offense know? to kelsey Grammer. <laughs> that, that it'll be gotten sketch project oh yes offense to kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Because he left us hanging, he right. didn't really even. Show right, up his to name that. was on that His sketch show on. for Fox, but he didn't Why do anything with you. Why do you know about you. this? Did we talk about this last no. time? No. <laughs> Why do you know about this? I remember That's when it was. Deep, I remember deep when dive. it was on. That's a deep dive. Yeah, I remember when that was on Did because you... I knew uh, who was the one other person. I, Lee Camp. Lee Mack. No, Lee Mack. Yes. Lee How Mack. do you know him? I met him in Aspen in wow. 2002. When he was there with his English, you just blew my group. mind. Yeah, I saw you in Aspen in 2007. Yes, where I believe you were, you made waves with a bit about Rush Limbaugh. Sure, <laughs> making waves because uh-huh. he uh, kissed me. Yes, talk about huh, it's relevant again. Yeah, he, um, <laughs> no, it was I mean just that's a, a weird... that's a me too, but in a. It was just an odd right. misplaced that happened to get photographed, and then people mm-hmm. thought I was dating him. <laughs> so that's well, sure. nice. Yeah, you know, because he, like, kissed me, hello, right. on a panel, but I didn't know it was happening, and then someone took a photo of it, and, um, yeah. But that is what men tend to do. They tend to overstep well, boundaries. Let's, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to talk to you about school and night school. Yeah. When when you went to school, did you already have an acting game plan in mind, or? Oh, I wouldn't say I had a game plan of any way, shape, or form. I mm-hmm. wish I had, but I I I liked acting in high school. Mm-hmm. I did it when I was a kid. Okay. Although where I'm from is not a big arts. I just happened to. You're from outside of Detroit. Right? Yeah, I'm from outside of Detroit. My high school, there was a teacher who kind of brought single-handedly had the theater department mm-hmm. and the world lit department and she was the only sort of person geared towards that okay. I, I guess what i'm saying is the community at large did not really care 
about the theater. Oh, there wasn't but, like a summer stock and all oh, that. No. And luckily there was a place for mm -hmm. people who, cause it really was the only thing that I enjoyed as far as studying. And I've kind of been with this movie night mm -hmm. school. There is a little bit of, you know, cause our prop was the real GED book. And I was just like, this is terrifying because I am not, I actually need to go back to school. I did, didn't learn anything. Nothing yeah. stuck in my head. I just was a little performer. Did you have a, so no backup plan? No backup plan. I like, went to I'm school be an for or... uh, painting. I went to school to be a fine artist. And oh. my only plan with that was that mm -hmm. I got to the end of high school and my two really good friends were going to good colleges. And I suddenly was like, what? what? College? Mm -hmm. what, like, what's that? What's an AP course? Like, no, I, I just, that wasn't, my parents both worked, mm -hmm. were, you know, solid working middle class. My dad uh, was a pipe fitter at the electric company, uh, union guy. Mm -hmm. My mother was a pharmaceutical technician, not pharmaceutical makes it sound like more than she worked at a pharmacy and was an assistant there. Did they stay in Michigan or did they retire? They stayed to in the Michigan. Sunshine? They, they go to Florida every year in March mm -hmm. for a month. But um, I was not really told what to do or or geared towards anything in my opinion other mm -hmm. than just get whatever job okay. you can and so i got to the end of, of high school and i was like for some reason i didn't want to try to go to theater school because i didn't want to be around actors i just remember having that attitude <laughs> and how do you I, feel about them now well i'm really glad that i chose the way that i did mm -hmm. Because I think my perception of actors at that time, I needed to grow as a person. I was very um, interior and I think I just felt nervous being around people who were performers, although that's what I loved doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't perceive myself as that. So I went to school for painting in order to get out of getting a job and in order to get out of doing a repeat of classes, you know, that I wasn't interested in the first place that I had already done in high school. So, uh, side tangent for just a moment. Please. Um, tangent all day long. Uh, I know a lot of people in 2018 have talked about Hannah Gadsby's special, Nanette. Oh, well, she's a fine artist. Oh, she, she studied is. Fine, I wanted to ask you because she studied fine arts, and she at one point talks about uh, how Picasso was a misogynist. Sure. And Van but Gogh was horrible to women as well. Yeah, they all were. It's so, so interesting is a, and, but like wrapped it into the Oh, in, she did. Into the See, I don't know what is wrong of, with me. Sometimes I avoid watching things mm -hmm. for a really long time. I do not know why I have not watched her show yet. Mm -hmm. I've I've read about it on Twitter and I've seen <laughs> both sides of it. Mm -hmm. Mostly people loving it and being mm -hmm. astounded by it and bravo, but I've seen it some backlash comments of like I'm not into it. I just can't do right. this right now. I don't want to watch it. And for whatever reason, I've just avoided it. But next time we talk, um, we're going to break it down line by line. Sweet. It would, it'll be really after the fact. So you studied painting and then... But yeah, like all those guys uh, studying um, contemporary art, going mm -hmm. through art college. I'm sure a lot of the art we I, I revere is by male chauvinist pigs. <laughs> well, not all of it. No, but... not all of it. I said a lot of it. Some... <laughs> A I don't good, know why. I, chunk. I don't know why it was just that that guy who was like <laughs> not all male painters, but I, for a second I was. I that guess guy. my point not all being of them. With that is, there were, is that there were there were lady painters <laughs> that didn't get enough Paint, notice. Painterettes. But, um, just how painting functioned mm. in the past, and also how painting 
is so uh, separate from the person, mm-hmm. which of course now in this day and age, we cannot imagine not having a face with a, or a voice with the artistic achievement. It's just part of the world right. that we live in. So how did you, how did you get back into acting from, from childhood acting to professional Los Angeles show business? Uh, I was, uh, I started doing performance art and then people were laughing at me. I didn't know why they were laughing. There was a, a, a semester program in San Francisco. So I went from Detroit to San Francisco for a semester mm-hmm. and I just never went back to where I grew up and I stayed in San Francisco. And then I started meeting all these comedians that were, um, the comedy club boom of the eighties was waning and those comedy right, clubs were closing. Yeah. So it was pre alt scene. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of this in between time that there were at my perception before comedy was really on my radar was that there were tons of open mics in, um, SF coffee shops, mm-hmm. but it was all, you know, where I was coming from geared towards art and like poetry slams and open mics that are in bars. But then I started, it started intersecting with comedians, you know, such as like Patton Oswalt. I was going to say Patton Oswalt, Brian Tosain, yes, Dana Gould. Uh, who would go to these rooms mm-hmm. and that's when I, you know, I was so attracted to the solo performer on stage, but the ones that I saw were very, you know, abstract and heartfelt and very earnest. And I started seeing these guys come take these stages that were so used to their own persona and their own perspective that I was very attracted to that. I don't think I could have gotten into comedy or I don't think I did not get into comedy before that because it just wasn't for me my perception of comedy was like a guy in a suit going here's what i think about that and it's Uh like that wasn't my vantage point from the world i didn't have a strong voice strong thoughts i came at it from a different angle where i didn't for whatever reason um feel like i had a voice or that i could talk or that i was or that i was valid as a person so my entry into it was sort of you know, off to the side as, right. as sort of a different kind of a voice. Okay. And then, so was Girls Guitar Club then, you and Karen Kilgariff, was that like the big, the big dream, the big first comedy dream? Um, because you guys, you guys got some, some heat and some TV credits and... We did. We, um, I will proudly say, I think we were the um, inspiration, one of the inspirations for Flight of the Concords and... Um, that they were like, oh, okay, we're going to structure our... Because we did a short film, The Girls Guitar which, Club. Which is still on Vimeo. Oh, my God. You're, <laughs> you you're go so good <laughs> that you know that. Um, no, I mean, I was just immersed in hanging out, and I didn't really have that college experience, so I did that in my early mid-20s, but I did that by way of hanging out with all of these comedians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Karen Kilgariff, in earnest, had just learned how to play guitar. Like, she learned two to three chords. Oh, wow. And we were hanging out, and mm-hmm. I think I was the only person that was like, yeah, I'll sit there with you for four to five hours until my fingers can do those two to three chords. And mm-hmm. we immediately were like, let's put this on stage. And so that, it was, um, and it was great fun for a period of time but it was one of you know it was the same thing for me with getting on mr show with bob and david well we were all just hanging out and they doing shows together so they knew me and they knew what i did on stage and we're just like kind of i got inserted into that just from that was the crowd that we hung out with so 
you know, there was, I don't know, I feel like Karen and I didn't really have it together enough to pitch ourselves as a show. Okay. And then I I started doing other things. She started doing other things. Um, so it wasn't a case of seeing Tenacious D blow up out of Mr. Show and going, oh, we could do that. Actually, not at all. That didn't right. even occur to me until just this moment. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Right. Well, were you, but you just said a moment ago that you and Karen didn't have your act together, really. No. You're just I mean, kind of... we made it... <clears throat> we knew that... <clears throat> We were making it funny because we immediately we were laughing at ourselves because like, you know, we're, oh, we know how to play music. And mm-hmm. you know what it was the first time we did an open mic? It was a music open night. And once you we barely knew how to play guitar. So once you're sitting in front of an audience, even a small audience at an open mic, the lights are there. We're sitting there with our guitars and you're trying to sing into a mic. Well, and we immediately could like barely even pull it off. So we just started ta- chattering in between mm-hmm. and that became the act because we were laughing at ourselves going, what were we thinking? Just, <laughs> you know, two days after learning guitar, we're like, yeah, we're going to go to this music open mic night and we're a band now. And then the humor that came out of that, that we were like, okay, we're a club for girls who want to learn how to play guitar. And then it just sort of grew from there and it became this wonderful um, context for us to both be, comedic and you know do covers and do originals and it was really fun for quite a few years do you do you still incorporate music into your i do not i know that karen probably doesn't now i have we haven't kept in touch with each other but i know that she kind of went on and did solo stuff with her music yeah um and in in her stand-up she was she would play guitar. yeah i i did not i was i was the more undisciplined of the duo Mm -hmm. and sort of dropped it the fun for it the fun of it for me was being in conjunction with her. Like that was like such the joy of playing and singing with another person. I highly recommend it to anyone who's trying to learn guitar by themselves to just be with somebody else. Right. And don't do it. learn it. Don't learn it by yourself. Don't learn it by yourself. Like when you learn the magic the of playing and singing, it's so mm-hmm. wonderful. Although I did not keep up with it whatsoever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got really involved in my acting stuff, but never really dropped comedy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, these past few years, I was just like, all right, either you're going to, as far as stand up in particular, you're either going to quit doing this or you're going to go into it in a new way. So I started for the first time in my life in the past few years, which is weird because I also in my life have a life. I have a husband and a kid. So it's yeah. like, why would you choose to? go on the road for comedy but it was i just almost needed to prove it to myself that i could do the traditional sort of comedy club format um and pull that but in that in-between period i mean you went from being part of the crew on mr show to the critically acclaimed and beloved larry sanders show and then from that straight to 24 yeah so was there a sense of oh i'm i'm doing all these high profile acting things that that people love and it gets me recognized, but I'm not doing the comedy or the performance art. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of why I got back to it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, had I had I gone right into another show full time, I mean, I've done tons of work, but it's all been you know guest spots on this, little parts on that. But if if I had gone gone into another series right away, number one, I would have had a lot more money. Um, and I would have been busier, but I think because I didn't, it 
it made me seek out the stand-up and kind of dig deeper in a way that I wasn't before. Because how I started was like really alt. I'm really proud of all my early days, but it was more like it was a very fertile time and lots of stage time. But it was also a lot I didn't really plan what I was going to say. It was a lot of organic honing of that persona right, and figuring it's it only, out on stage yeah it's only now that i'm like oh that's how you structure a joke like i could not have done that back when i first started i just would always berate myself for not having a sketch packet but my mind wasn't there i wasn't able to i was just trying to express myself and be in the world and learn how to be in the world i couldn't really put it together and i'm just now sort of like oh that's what a, how you write a joke you know, I just performed before. I didn't I didn't really put anything on it. So that's it lent itself naturally to, to characters. I just went in that direction and got acting work. So so you're so you're you're relearning comedy while you're doing it. At the same time, how long did it take you to kind of overcome whatever preconceived notions people have of you from seeing you on TV? Oh, I'm still every every night I take the stage. I mean, I don't mean to, it's not every single time. I mm-hmm. there are times where I won't mention 24 at all. But when I first started going on the road, I mean, I I would go into my sort of interior comedic persona, the one that's that I'm go, that I dig into to express myself, you know. And that person is like, "Hi, like she's awkward," and that you know the. The vantage point of the world is very askew. It's very self-deprecating and. And that's how I feel on the inside, and that's how I've always been. Um, but I would look up, and I would see, not so much now, but I would say, you know, four or five years ago, I would, I would look up, and I'd see the audience, like, looking at me like, oh, you're a TV superstar. Like, we don't understand why you're acting that way. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly, on the road, start developed, you know, two to five to 15 to 20 minutes, whatever it took to to be like, oh, yeah, I'm Chloe, I'm not really good at computers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you guys are looking for Jack Bauer, which to me personally is just like, I mean, whatever. It's a mixed right. bag. I'm very proud of it, but I'm just like, ugh. Like, I just wanted to get into my comedy. I learned how I, I, I love being on that show. So I kind of right. merged the two and had, I guess, like the true comic in me is like, that's not, you don't want to have material about that, but it's my life and it's how people identify me. It's why they buy the tickets, you know? Um, so I had a re- I started having a really good time with sort of acclimating them. How did you? What, yeah. How did you reconcile that? Oh, I just went through it and and just talked to people and had jokes about it. And then you know, suddenly I'm turning a corner and I'm talking about my personal life and I'm taking them along with me. And um, I still do that now. Depending, you know, like the other night I followed Chris D'Elia and it was late at night and I knew that they had been hammered with all these amazing comics mm-hmm. one after the next. It was at the comedy store, which is notorious right. for just having like the best billing, but also their shows go on right. way it's longer. A, it's and, a continuous yeah, show. And they it's just like a... the audience is held captive. And so sometimes I love those late night spots because things can get really weird, but there, there's sometimes this in between where the audience is like, Oh, they've just seen like two and a half hours of comedy. And once you start going past the hour and a half mark, you're asking a lot of an audience member and they start getting tired and, and whatever, it's fun that it's designed that way, but you definitely have to get used to it. It takes a different set of chops to deal with that. But it was Crystalia, and I was like, 
they were like, oh, like so right, delighted. I was going to say, especially if you're following high energy people. High energy. And I know they're Physical. tired. I know they're getting their checks. And it's, <laughs> but I also know that they kind of recognize me. So I think sometimes it comes out of me just when I'm feeling insecure. Other times I can just go on with material and not even mention it. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, okay. You just saw Crystalia And now you're like, what's the girl from 24 doing here? You know, and it's just finding a way into it. And that night in particular, whatever mood I was in, I was just like, you know, I know I should have just shut my mouth and rolled into another computer genius part, but mm-hmm. here I am. I got to talk and do comedies. Like, why didn't I just go be another techie person or right. another series? And I'm like, I don't know the answer to that question. I wish I had, it could be just collecting checks and walking my little dog and wearing goggles and a scarf in LA and be a real actress. But no, I got to come on stage. Do you have goggles? Comedy. No, I wish I did though. I just have an image of an actress who just, makes Greta money Garbo. and um walks around mm-hmm. do you have uh, in mis- you know do you have a different perception then of when you see actual celebrities people who don't have a legitimate background in comedy decide to pursue stand-up such as <laughs> who are you thinking of that you're trying not to name <laughs> no do you no, want to mouth it to me no there's several i mean there's like i'm just off the top of my head, Jeremy Piven is doing it right now. I know Steve-O from the Jackass crew does it. I mean, I saw Jeremy but there's, Piven but there's recently, other, yeah. and I have, like, total respect. He's he's structuring stuff. He's mm-hmm. thought about it. He talks about his career a lot. And I'll tell you what, it's a f- crowd pleaser. People loved it. I don't know if that's across the board. Mm-hmm. And... I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would seek him out for a night of comedy necessarily, mm-hmm. but good for him because it's hard for anybody to do in any capacity. And if he's doing it in earnest, he's going to have to work at it. And right. he was doing a lot of maybe it's what I just described of, you know, me from 24, like it's a bit not pandering, I'm but it's like and, he's playing into right. what and I I can't think of specifically his material right now but i was i just that's fine you know it's, i was it's, it's i was ex- no i was expecting to be um offended or like mm-hmm. what's and you know it's, it's i don't know i've been around long enough where but i don't go mean, for it right know? i don't mean him specifically but i i mean you know people the who idea are of, people who are known or maybe i remember maybe when i first came to the comedy store mm-hmm. i mean the laugh factory this mm-hmm. was years ago this was probably coming right off 24 i remember somebody was somebody I didn't even know, because um, you know we we're talking about Andy Kindler, like people mm-hmm. that, I, like, that I've known for years, and there would be a commonality there. But it's been quite a few years now, so there's like Younger, a bunch of young people, and this guy comes up to me and just looks at me, and he could not change the expression on his face; was just really screwed up, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" Mm-hmm. In other words, and this, you're this is, successful as an actor. Yeah, why would you come here and do this? And, you know, that's like the flip side of it. It's just like, I got to have it. Like, this is what I do. It's inside of me. And are there many nights where I don't want to leave my house and do it? Do I always feel better when I perform? Yeah. Is it help my writing and and me personally and my thinking and and, uh, being able to express myself and most importantly, make that connection with an audience? Yeah, it's a big deal. And it's important to me. And I think, you know, to talk about the idea of celebrities in general, yeah, Who I, don't, knows? I don't mean they're, Jeremy or Steve-O uh, in, specifically. They're just the, the first two that come reason, to mind. But, there's got to be that. Oh, there's um one of the Real Housewives is currently doing a comedy from uh, New York. Um, but but there's one from Atlanta. Nene yes, Leakes is, yes. does stand up. 
But there's I think some, it's a hard thing uh, for anybody the, um, to do to throw themselves. I don't themselves. watch the Real Housewives, but no, the, one of the New York it. ones is doing stand up with other comedians. There's got to like, be that opening for that her. Uh, that chip in these types of people that mm-hmm. they want that live connection. Then they want to do live shows, and and that's a real legitimate thing and mm-hmm. whatever they're doing on camera isn't enough and you know i don't know how you want to break down the reasons or the, the legitimacy right. but um i guess they got to have it is this your veiled way of looking at me and going no why do no you, because you have you-, you have bona fide so <laughs> so no i'm i'm i actually am thinking of this in the moment as you're talking going i wonder what you think when you see people who it's, I think it's don't hard, have stand-up you know? cred coming into the clubs because I know comedians as a general feel like, oh, why are these people taking our spots? Right. You know what? I definitely felt that um, at the comedy store one so night. So you probably when felt that, that yourself. John Mayer gets on stage oh, and I'm like, yeah, John Mayer. you're yeah, a superstar. Yeah. You can play anywhere. Like, why are you at the comedy store? Take And not even me personally, but mm-hmm. like you're taking up somebody's spot that they've been waiting all week. Right. To have um, 20 minutes. But you know, in the that's part room. of the game. Guess mm. who's excited to see John Mayer on stage? Stage Everybody <laughs> in the freaking audience, including me, even though there's also a part of me that's like, dude, come on, you can right. play any stage. Why are you ready to come to the stage? But, you know, since then, I've seen their whole show, the thing mm-hmm. that he does with Dave Chappelle, and it's right. fantastic. And it's a different, um, you know, John Mayer's a quick guy, and like, he, clearly, he needs that outlet. You know what I mean? And, it, and And I think for both of them, when I saw. Dave and his show together, the combo of them in the small room, it might have a totally different feel in some of the larger rooms that they play, but it was cl- how they played along with each other. I totally respected both of them are like geniuses and amazing at what they do. But John in particular was like, oh, this gives him a different way. It helps him to be more real and more authentic and probably not go nuts. I mean, I'm making this up, mm-hmm. looking at it from the outside. But do you know what I mean? He is somebody that can play his um, his catalog in a stadium. But to be on stage and to mix it with his thoughts and speaking and being quick on his feet, like he needs that as a performer. And I think there are certain people that need to do it for their thinking, for their connection to um, – yeah, it keeps you – real in a way for lack of a better word and you're one of those people i guess so (laughs) now uh before i let you go because i know you have other press to do today um you know you said that that you and karen kilgariff went off in separate directions and she right now is doing something completely different oh my gosh it's amazing which like Selling out theaters yes. for a podcast about murder. Yes. And she's she and her uh, co-hosts are starting a podcast network. So I'm wondering, especially since you're here to promote night school, is there some other passion of yours that you might at some point want to go down that path and go, maybe there's something else for me? Uh, you mean, am I going to start a podcast network? no. But what is your uh, what is your other? I'm other gonna stop thing speaking. That you might go to night school. I might go <laughs> to night school. To, I need to, to study. I need to start reading more. Mm-hmm. Um, I might start a collection of dogs and cats and just start having my own secret language mm-hmm. with them and hole up in a house. And it's been read a while since we heard the truth animals. about cats and dogs. Hello, <laughs> how are you today? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know where it all goes. I'm still. Um, 
But there's not some like side passion or hobby of yours other than I'm comedy and, about the dogs and, and, cats. and mothering. Well, you know, painting, I'll get back to painting. Uh, um Yeah. I mean if if I George W. Podcast, Bush can sell paintings. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would love to do that. I started trying to twitch with my son, but we couldn't keep up mm. the habit. That oh. was really fun. We're, okay. we're both playing video games together. How old is he now? He's 10. Oh, wow. Okay. We played like some chef video game together mm-hmm. where we where we built hamburgers. And oh. at first he was totally annoyed with me because I didn't even know how to use the controller. Like I'm such a mom. But then I got into it and I was like, hey, I'm not a bad partner <laughs> here. Um, but I just recently started a podcast. I've, I've started and stopped over the years, mm-hmm. but so far it's been me talking to myself but then i've only had three guests so far okay one of them was my cousin in michigan who wants to start a podcast about murder she wrote and the other two have both been actresses who are also mothers and i don't mean to attach this to it but my take on it is kind of like well maybe it's people who don't i don't mean to be so dramatic and be like they don't have a voice but Mm -hmm. like a different because one of them was an actress i was on um 24 with Sprague Graydon, but she has this whole amazing philosophy about being a character actress and being the girl, you know, when they go through all their choices, she's Mm going to be the hired gun that kind of comes in and is is just really good and will kind of fill the space. I don't know, from years of being in the business, this is very interesting to talk to her because she's somebody who you would recognize if you saw her, but um, I just thought that was, I seem to be gravitating towards like, let's talk to you and get the story that people, you know, behind what's happening that people don't normally hear. Right. And I'm also attracted to like women who are also moms. And I'm not saying that's a rule because I really thought I'd have like more comedians on by now. Um, But that was sort of just who was in my immediate. And the other one was a mom who has been an actress forever, but we just happened to be on the same vacation together with our kids. Okay. But it was kind of like taking this mom who we had kids in common and just having a conversation about with her about her path. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Without without asking that that most uh, banal question, can you have it all? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where I was leading. The podcast that I've started in the past, I talked to different business people like, oh, you should, you know, talk about the mom Mm -hmm. thing. And it's like, well, I'm not really, I love being a mom, but I'm not really, I would never, that never comes up. I most normally would talk about creativity or Mm -hmm. comedy or art or something like that. Um, But that definitely is a, a very real part of my life and is, is very important to me. Like I love my home life, you know, so it's, it does intersect but i like talking to these women about what they are beyond their home life but mm-hmm. not not you know to the exclusion of that um but i love that i had kind of had that double life where i'm out late at night at the comedy club and then up at seven making the lunches and being a very traditional like not very traditional but just like you know what what can i get you mm-hmm. like did you brush your teeth and um i like that sort do of- you do you uh, have a good halloween Yes. We, you know what we said last year? We're like, we're going to make our own haunted house, Mm -hmm. but it didn't happen. Like we're completely unprepared. So we usually just like walk around and trick or treat, but we always get really inspired. Like we're, we're going to prep for next year. You walk around, you don't answer the door. No, we haven't for the past couple of years. I would love to just chill and answer the door, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, my son's 10. So he, it's usually just us slow walking with the parents while they tear through mm-hmm. the neighborhood and we sort of follow behind them. Well, Mary Lynn Rice Cub, thank you so much for being my guest. Hey, thank it you was, for having me. It was great to hear some tidbits of your life that maybe I hadn't known before. It's a real pleasure. Oh.
Thanks. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.